I mean, it's one point. You would do the yellow building triangle. It doesn't matter. I think you're only going to get one point no matter what. Does that mean we're going to tie? Mm, I don't know. I wonder if there's a tie. We might tie. I wonder if there's a tiebreaker. That's right, Jack Burton. Way to take one for the team, Mikey G. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I Thank see. You. Science. <laughs> <laughs> Experimentation. Uh, Experimentation. Yeah. Drink this. Tell us what happens, <laughs> Mike. Good luck. Yeah. Hey, I am that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we try to stay red and ripe while avoiding rot and decay in Diced Tomatoes. Next up, it's a beautiful day in the rapidly expanding neighborhood in Simplicity. And lastly, we roll our way down the road of raw materials, knights, and cities in Catan Dice Game. I'm Evan Bernstein, and I'm filling in hosting duties for Celeste Angelus this week, but I am joined by my fellow stalwart game explorers, Ed Povolitis. Oh, wow. Where are my meeples ready to game? And Mike Grenier. You know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our first game up this week, Diced Tomatoes, designed by Arkadeus Grenuk. Published by Agripelico Games, The Game Crafter, LLC, 2018. Number of players, 2 to 4, ages 12 and up, playing time, 15 to 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. The cover of the box is the kind of visual pun that Evan loves. Yeah. It's a tomato chopped up into six square chunks, each with a six-sided die facing, so it is literally a diced tomato. Inside the box, we find 44 red dice, 8 black dice, and 12 red tomato tokens, as well as 4 player mats. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this game is ripe for the picking, I'm going to give you a quick overview of how it's played. Dice Tomatoes is a dice rolling and dice placement game in which you look to grow the most tomato vines that yield the highest values. Each player gets 12 dice, 11 of them red and one of them black. On a turn, a player will choose three of their dice to roll. They can either use those dice to create their own tomato vines, or they can use any of those three dice to sabotage their opponent's vines. Roll high numbers and keep those for yourself. Roll low numbers and stick the other players with lower value vines. <laughs> the black die is a rotten tomato, and you'll use that die to lower the overall value of your opponent's tomato yield from that vine. At least hopefully it's your opponent, you're not stuck putting it on your own vine. Each player has spaces to build three vines. You build vines by placing the dice in sequential order or by placing dice of the same value on the same vine. It takes four dice to complete a vine. Upon placing the fourth die, the vine gets cut, and the die from that vine that's on the tomato marker is the die that will score. During the game, players can earn hearts by placing their dice on their opponent's vines. Then cash in those hearts to clear any bad vines that you may have in front of you. The first player to chop six vines gets a three-point bonus and triggers the end of the game. The player with the highest cumulative score wins and celebrates their victory while the rest of the players are left to catch up. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say left to rot on the vine, but ketchup was even oh, worse. Oh, I could have okay. gone so many ways with that one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, this game has the built-in pun right off the top just for you, Ev. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's they set it up, we knock it down. That's basically what it is. <laughs> that's how we roll. All right, we found this game on Board Game Arena, mm-hmm. and was it in the was it in the beta version when we played? Yeah, it may still it was be. in the beta version then. But I don't know that we ran into any any real problems per se with the beta version. We may have gotten one or two of the rules a little bit wrong, but other than that, I think the game played okay. I think the rule played okay. I mean, obviously, no, we won't really know if it played it wrong or not because I'm not super version of rule because I'm kind of depending on. Board game Marina to teach me the rules as I win. <laughs> That's smart. We just showed up depending on the beta to teach us the correct rules. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, sometimes it happens. Sometimes that's uh, the, those are the dice that are cast, basically. Yeah, we actually played uh, the more advanced version, too, because we had a little gold dice as well. Ooh. Oh, that's right, Ed, the gold dice version. Mm-hmm. The golden tomatoes, which actually make the, the vine a little more ripe. And sometimes that means a little too right. Yeah, that's true too. Because if you go over six, it what it reverts back to one, or it just dies. I think it just dies. I think it just dies. Yeah, yeah, it dies if you go too ripe. So mm-hmm. the, another way to either you know help yourself potentially or sabotage another player. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean sabotaging was the key here <laughs> because mm-hmm. when sure you was. roll those three dice and you know one of them's a one or a two. You don't want to start off a new vine with that, and if you can't place it anywhere else on your spot that helps you. Well, you might as well place it on one of somebody else's starter spots to mess them up. Well, the key thing is you must place your die mm-hmm. even if you don't want to. Yep. You may not want to, but you, but you must, must. Roll. Yeah. <laughs> Classic rule. Nice. Oh, look at oh, all those sixes. Oh, I clogged you up at the four. You can't place your six. How horrible. <laughs> wow. There's, there's only one place you can go with those sixes. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, did you just give the game to Ed? <laughs> no, you didn't no. give it to me. There's only one place you can go with those sixes, though. Yeah, on your sixes. Yeah. Oh, they're not sixes. both going to be sixes, so... They're going to re-roll them. Oh, you're going to re-roll them. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, gosh. Oh, well, okay. Oh, great. Now I'm well, the freaking goat. Yeah, you're the you're the receiver of the... Oh, thanks, you see, Mike. You put my four there. I could have just... A, I gave a, you a four, space. my friend. Yeah, you That's clogged not... my space up. If you didn't <laughs> clog that space up, Evan, I wouldn't <laughs> give you these two ones. You earned them. He gave you a beautiful seed to work with, Mike. Congratulations. You totally clogged me up. So you get to enjoy those ones. Uh, is there not a rule about if you are unable to place a die? In other words, if there's no legal move for the die, you have to forfeit the die to another player. That's true. It passes on to the next player's turn. It goes into their pool. I'm not sure if the dice should have rolled, but definitely they, they get an extra die. Yeah, they do. I'm not do sure if it remains the same or just an extra roll. Yeah. My recollection is that it's an extra roll, but you're right, yeah. It makes sense that it's an extra roll because you also wouldn't be able to use it in the next turn either, which is good. It keeps the game moving along, but thankfully BGA told us all the potential options of where the dice could go, mm-hmm. so it, it helped us to not cheat and pass that die along when we weren't supposed to. Uh, yeah, that's right. Rules locking definitely the, helped the us. The rules locking is good for that bit. And although the game is not that complicated, I think another you know, eagle-eyed player would be able to serve the same purpose. 
<laughs> true, true. There's always somebody checking out everybody else's move to make sure they didn't cheat or mess something up. Right. Or do well, something in wrong. this particular case, it's not a simultaneous game. Mm-hmm. So the other players have no choice but to watch your every move. <laughs> true, true. Well, it's important because building your own vine is definitely half of the battle. Mm-hmm. But stopping your opponents from getting the juiciest tomatoes on their vines is definitely at least half the rest of the battle Mm -hmm. that's why i think sometimes when somebody has a really good roll of sixes going you might want to take a couple yellow dice on your turn and hope that you can like bump them over if they're at like five or six or or, or black down that the the knock up down or not yeah yep yep true but it's uh, you know i always feel like in a game like this i'm always trying to build myself up before taking the extra actions to knock somebody else down Mm -hmm. because it does tend to slow you down and if you do take a black die and it doesn't fit anywhere else but on your own vine, uh, you know, don't you feel stupid. But the game has a built-in mechanic to help you want to give dice to other players, and that is the karma. Every time you give dice to another player, whether they wanted it or not, you get karma for it. And you can use that karma to manipulate dice. Yep, and those are the hearts I was speaking to in the mm-hmm. uh, rules setup and i believe they called them gratitude points if i wasn't mistaken i may not have used that verbiage but i believe that's what the game officially calls them but karma is fine gratitude points hearts call them whatever you like they're important actually because you're gonna you're gonna need that in order to let's say mike stuck me with a vine with a one on it oh boy (laughs) and then one of my three spots are basically you know used up i can't build get rid of the one by cashing in three of my hearts three of my gratitude points, and I can start fresh. But it is a tough decision to make, you know, because you get three extra points for finishing first. So your Mm -hmm. main goal would be to finish quickly with decent numbers. But if you're Mm -hmm. giving away all your dice, somebody else is going to finish faster than you. So it's it's definitely an interesting balance that they they left you with in this game. There is a push pill there, because if somebody already had, like you said, completed vines, all I need is a couple more vines to, to close it out. Who, you know, maybe I don't really care if it's a one and a two. That's right. I'll finish, mm-hmm. four, no, I'll finish first, get those three extra bonus points. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially if you've already uh, gotten nice tomatoes in maybe your first and second scoring mm-hmm. uh, dice. Because the six one, there are six of them. The first person to reach six, that marks the final round of the game. Everyone gets, I believe, a last lick. And mm-hmm. that is it. Total up your dice and find out who won. Yeah, if you're two spaces ahead of somebody already, like two full vines ahead, shut it down. Ed's an expert at shutting the game down prematurely before I get my engine fully uh, <laughs> throttled up. <laughs> now, can I notice Mikey does his typical thing where you're trying to get as many perfect sixes as he can? Uh, I can't help it. <laughs> the game screams for it, it I know. Does, it does. <laughs> well, well, I was perfectly happy to start a vine with a four or a five, and, and, and no, typically don't get targeted by other players. Well, fives, I like fives too because they're harder to push over the top and ruin too. So mm-hmm. five and five and six is where I was at. Maybe four, but uh, <laughs> you know, one, two, three. Nah, I was, and that's why no. I felt so far behind. I think though. Okay, team, it is time to dig up or bury diced tomatoes, Ed. It's a very swingy, random, and stabby game. (laughs) And it's not really my kind of game. But I did have fun. And I'm concerned my interest will wither with time and divine. But since I want to play one more time, I'll dig it for now. All right. Mike? 
If I'm looking for a low-pressure filler game with some really pretty art and a little bit of take that, Diced Tomatoes fits the bill, so I dig it up. I am like Celeste. I really enjoyed Dice games, and Dice Tomatoes was no exception. It was easy to learn, quick to play, and while it's a backstab game, the light theme, I think, keeps things cordial and fun. Dig it up. Would you dice up your game, or does randomness leave you green? Let us know. We are at which game first. All right, everyone. Hey, let's talk about the end of the year coming up. You know what that means for which game first. Oh, yeah. yeah. It means the first year award. Yay. <laughs> and we are thirsty for the firsties. <laughs> <laughs> Every year we take a look at the year of games that we played and reviewed and enjoyed and hated and everything else. <laughs> I've already got a bunch in mind. I can't wait to spring them. The Witch Game First <laughs> Annual Firsties Award. Hey, but we also want to know what you think. What are your opinions? What did you like? What did you hate? What surprised you? Yeah. So we're going to have some details soon coming out about this, folks. Stay tuned because we're going to want to get your feedback as well. And thank you, patrons, for supporting us. Yay! <laughs> for $3 a month, you can get a patron-only special episode called Bonus points. Bonus points. Bonus points. So, thank you guys. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And as Ed said, please become a patron. Our next game up this week is Simplicity. Designed by David Brain. Published by Fractal Guegos. 2021. Number of players, 2 to 6. Ages, 10 and up. Playing time... 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. A tiny person stands atop a floating skyscraper above a vibrantly colored yet smoldering city as their block slowly descends toward the ground to join the chaos. Inside, we see six terrain tiles, a special terrain tile, five extra point tokens, a planning board, a scoreboard, a bag... Six planning sets, each set representing a team and containing one extra point tile, five wooden discs, and a pawn, as well as a demolition token. 32 building tiles and four park tiles. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if we are expert city planners or terrible neighborhood destroyers, <laughs> I will offer a quick overview of how it's played. In simplicity... Players are creating neighborhoods. The bigger the neighborhoods, the more points they are likely worth. Neighborhoods are made up of sets of identical buildings that are joined orthogonally. Buildings are chosen in place based on the building's matching symbol. For example, a building with a triangle symbol can only be placed on the main board in a triangle spot. When you place a tile, place one of your two meeples along with the tile. That's right, two meeples, two different color meeples actually. And where you place your tile will dictate the order for the next turn. So some symbols allow you to go higher in turn order next turn, and some push it to the back of the line. Points are earned primarily by placing meeples in neighborhoods and then multiplying the values. For example, two blue meeples in a four-building neighborhood will earn two times four, eight points. But remember, you are using two meeples, each their own color. 
and only the lower of the two scores of those two meeples you are controlling is going to be your final score for the game. And that's all there is to say. It's simply city. That's exactly the way I kept hearing it in my head. Simple, simply city instead simply of simply city. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it spells out, just about, with yeah. a little creativity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, we played it on where? Board Game Arena. And mm-hmm. it was in beta mode. So <laughs> with those caveats, <laughs> it gets us out of all kinds of jams, frankly. Mm-hmm. We just say, hey, it was beta mode. Yeah, we didn't, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're figuring yeah. it out as we go. I mean, it kind of seemed a couple times because of the beta mode, like I should be able to put something somewhere, but it wouldn't let me. So I did have to wonder in this game, was it beta's fault or was it my fault for not understanding the rules? Yeah, there were a couple of strange rules in there because you have to follow the shapes. So if you, you put your like little planning meeple on uh, a planning board and then you got to hope the tile that you can use ends up there. And there's mm-hmm. one thing that's missing from the board game arena version of the game versus the physical version of the game is a bag of mm-hmm. or your drawn tile from it. Here in board game arena, just put the tile right there for you. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they save you the step, which is which is otherwise fun. We love bags at which game first. Definitely. <laughs> we love our bagos. <laughs> just, I don't know, kind of looking at this thing, it's like, yeah, it's an engine sort of not engine building game, but it's a set collecting kind of game where you're trying to get things into the right area. But like it didn't feel like I was building a city at all. Like even though there were city pieces there and you're placing them, it didn't feel like it was like I don't know. I didn't feel connected to it. I was asking myself, what am I building right now the whole time? Yeah, it's definitely like a it's kind of a set collection game where you're trying to put all the same color pieces together in it's a clever mechanic where only your lowest of their two sets actually scored because mm-hmm. you work up something too good where it gets mega points. Like, yeah, look yeah. how good that is. Yeah, but your brother is just ugly. Mm, I'm never a fan of that mechanic. I understand why it exists for game balance, but to me it isn't as fun as being able to just blow something out and have something incredible. You know, it's like your worst score is your score. Like that's I don't mm-hmm. know, that level of mediocrity does not stand with me. It does not stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, Mike, to counter, I think it probably is maybe even a little more realistic to actual city planning than you may realize. Because it's not like you can just put any building you want in any part of any city or town. <clears throat> there are restrictions. There are rules. There are governing bodies. There are boards. There's everything else. So it almost makes sense that you are restricted. In other words, okay, this tile, this particular type of building, this round can only be placed in a circle space. Yeah. And then you're restricted. You have to look at the board, and okay, there's only one, two, maybe three of those options available. And does one of those options work for me? Right. Sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And then yeah. you're forced to look. You have to go down the track. There are seven options in each round. Seven mm-hmm. tiles, and that's definitely a big part of it, is yeah. finding your location, where that shape is. But that shape or that tile you're pulling, that type of building, might be pretty low on that track. And what it does, yes, you get to place it this round where you where you want it to go. But you know what? Next round, you're going next to last or yeah. last, and yeah. you're going to have right. many, many fewer options come the next round. So you have to, you have to also balance that aspect of this out. Yeah. yeah, there's a nice push-pull there where going earlier, you have fewer options available 
to place it. While going later, if you go last, you can put that tile anywhere. So that's a lot of freedom, but you're going last. So who knows what the board is going to look like then? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, the best thing to do is on your turn, if you don't have a lot of great choices, make the one that gets you the earliest turn because something good will pop up next turn for you. And like, for an example, I think there were parks or something like that, right? Is that what there they were? Special yeah. tiles. Yeah, yeah the special right. tiles. Getting one of those on the board can actually be worth a lot of points if you can put it into the right spot. Yeah, it's tricky, though. You have to put it in the right spot because the park is only as valuable as the number of other buildings surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Different buildings, yep. yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. diversity is the key there, right? So you could you could end up sticking it into a great spot that isn't good for anything else except for mm-hmm. a park. So, yeah, don't waste your turn picking something mediocre. Just get yourself to go first next turn. That's my advice. Yeah, I went, I think I went, in looking back at the video, because we did uh, obviously play this on a Thursday night, and you can see the video of us stumbling our way through it at our YouTube channel, which came first at Board Game Podcasts, and see how it panned out. But that was definitely something that, that had me down. I was, for many of those rounds, I was second to last or last, mm-hmm. and that really hampered my, my, my ability to make good decisions. And what wound up actually happening is that my best decisions to make for various reasons, wound up going to one of my two colors instead of being able to distribute the, the points and the placements equally between my two different colored mm-hmm. meeples. So I wound up having this lopsided scoring that really <laughs> nailed me in the end because you go yeah. with the lower of the two scores. Exactly. That's why I don't like that. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> nothing looks <laughs> you, good. You're always making the okay choice the whole time. More now because I put another one, type there. Two. Three, four, five. Sixteen. Yeah. So it's worth four each. Oh, I know how it works. It's worth one and then two and two and then three, 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 and then right. four, 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 four. Four times oh. four. It's squared. It's a number of different types squared. Oh. That's crazy. So yeah, four times four is uh Lame, I could have done so much better. Wow. <laughs> 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 Oh, now we and... know. All right, round two. We're playing twice. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do this twice now. Rematch. 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 Oh, man. Another cool thing about the game when you're playing with other people, and the more of them there are, there are more people that can get in your way. So mm-hmm. you're eyeballing that spot that's just perfect for you, but you're trying not to look at it too hard <laughs> so other people don't notice you're looking there. Yeah. It is one of those games. We played it online. I think in person, it gets even more like mm-hmm. exactly what you said, Ed, where you're trying to look <laughs> out of the corner of your eye or distract somebody by talking about some other spot on the board. Yes, I can see myself. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, hey, Mike. Hey, nice jacket. Where'd you get that? Did you the other? <laughs> and in the meantime, while I'm complimenting Mike on his wardrobe, I am slightly hey, placing Hey, okay. What am I tie. missing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Where I'm saying under my breath, whoa, that looks like a really good spot. The one I don't want, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought tying the symbols to the buildings was a good way to control sort of what could otherwise be a runaway aspect of this game. And Mike, mm-hmm. I know that's what you kind of wanted to do and build mm-hmm. one type of engine and kind of run with it. Uh, but again, having that restricted placement made you really think things through and, and, and dictated a lot of the choices that you made. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't a good rule. I'm just saying it's the kind of rule that doesn't make me excited about the game. That's all. Mm-hmm. Instead of having one epic one, you can have two 
epic engines. <laughs> now, <laughs> That's right, I only, Mike. If only, if only I could have two <laughs> epic engines going at once. But yeah. now uh, we played the three-person flavor of this game, which allows us to each have the two meeples. So that was that was in a way I think cool in its own mm-hmm. it's in its own aspect. Mm-hmm. But it is a two to six-person game, so. When you start getting into the higher amount of players, you're not going to have the two meeples. You'll just be having right. to concentrate on your one. But guess mm-hmm. what, Mike? You're, <laughs> you're waiting in longer line to yep, uh, to yep. get those tiles placed, and there's a whole set of other problems that arise. It's from definitely that. a trade-off. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a pretty wide player count. A game that can support two to six players is pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't know about six for this one. I mean, I'm sure it can run with six, but I think. Once you start getting beyond, like, four players, it gets a little wonky. Okay, let's find out if we're going to dig up or bury simplicity. Mike? Well, as the name implies, there was quite a bit of simplicity here, at least in the look. But um, the gameplay was a little deeper. A lot of thinking to do, and I appreciated that. And although it had a couple mechanisms in there, which... Give me a little bit of the groans. It still was a pretty good time, so I'll dig it up. Ed? There are some neat mechanics here. Balancing turn order versus flexibility. I'm a little concerned about the randomness of how the tiles come out. Maybe it's too random? But (laughs) I'm intrigued enough to play again, and for that reason, I'll dig her up. I thought Simplicity was a fun tile placement and worker placement sort of combination game. Had some interesting strategies and choices to make. I thought it was balanced. And I like the version where we played two different colored meeples, you know, despite it working against me. It kept it interesting. Dig it up. What theme simply clicks in your game? Let us know. We are at which game first. Our last game this week, Catan Dice Game. Designed by Klaus Teuber. Published by Mayfair Games, 2007. Number of players, 1 to 4. Ages 7 and up. Playing time, 15 to 30 minutes. Okay, Mike. Tell us what's in the box-ish thing. The cover of the box, which was actually a (laughs) blister pack on a cardboard sleeve, shows three farmers reveling in their productive and not at all exhausting day of labor as they (laughs) laugh and enjoy a deep umber sunset. Freeloaders. (laughs) When you rip off the vacuform blister pack, uh, you get a set of six dice whose sides are wood, gold, sheep, stone, wheat, and brick. And don't forget the amazing score pad and golf pencil. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if dice rolling in the world of Catan yields the goods, I shall once again give you a very quick overview of how it's played. Catan Dice Game is a roll-and-write game set in the Catan world of games. It's about building settlements, roads, cities, and hiring knights, but in this variation, players utilize dice instead of placing little figures. Every player has their own scorecard called the Building Sheet, which depicts a mini Catan. You build by drawing the settlements and roads on your scorecard. To build, you need resources. These are collected by a Yahtzee-like mechanism that involves throwing six special dice, and you throw them up to three times. After each roll, the player can select which dice to keep and which to roll again, hence the Yahtzee mechanic. In the end, you can build using the thusly determined resources, 
and you become awarded victory points for any finished buildings, which are recorded on the scorecard. The player with the most victory points, well, wins. Now it's time to settle the score once and for all. (laughs) (laughs) See, it all came back to the settlers. Yeah, very nice. It was a Catan joke. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah, solid. (laughs) I mean, actually, from a marketing point of view, though, honestly, a blister pack is a great idea. You can hang it right by the front counter of your game store or hang it up in some retail store like Walmart or whatever and uh, sell tons of And you can see right there... The, these huge dice that are in the game. These are not like little, little, you no, know, pip, six sider. These oh, are no. big dice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Big dice with uh, interesting symbology and, in my opinion, uh, colors that were too close to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially because the symbol and the color that were close to each other were both like very similar, like the stone and the yeah. gold. Yes. That was my problem. I mean, actually, looking at the picture of the, the package, I wish. The gold was that yellow, mm-hmm. but the actual dye physically was well, kind of a you know a burnt gold look. Yeah, that was, dirty you know, gold. Neat, yeah. you no, know, looked kind of like what gold might look like, but it's too close to the black of the ore, mm-hmm. and they both look like rocks. So you're like kind of like, there was that a gold? Oh or yeah, was that an ore. There was plenty of times when I was shaking the dice, and I'm like, all right, all I need is one more ore. I was calling it stone, I think stone or ore. But yeah, all I need is one more, and then I roll that gold, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the agony of defeat noise right after it <laughs> yeah that's that's actually a fair point mike because the die rolling experience is, is such a visual thing and that is the first thing that your eyes see it and your brain interprets it on what you're seeing and if you wind up ultimately seeing the wrong thing and you have to reinterpret it to the correct thing it's a letdown in <laughs> it a really is. It is yeah it is very disappointing and which way is your road going yeah, decisions. Except I'm oh, on the you don't road. have the road. No, I do. I have the road to no, go there. No, you won't there. be able to get the city with that. No, I, no, I can't. How, you have to hope for. Uh, oh, oh, look how close that is. If I had, all you I need had, is one more stone, one and you already stone, used it. You could reroll yeah, those for the stone. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he needs it to get to the city. He doesn't have enough dice. He just doesn't have enough dice. I gotta reroll these. Yeah, yeah. Cow, 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 sheep, moose, whatever the hell it is. No, no. You know what I was having problems with? I, I kept calling the... Are those cows or sheep? What are They're they? They're sheep. No, I called them cows. <laughs> yeah, you kept calling and, and them cows. I, and I couldn't stop myself from calling them cows. And I, I can't even... I can't even really remember why. I just felt the... Uh, I don't... I'm not sure. They, I mean... They just didn't... St- I think maybe because they had a brown outline or some sort of the mm-hmm. color to help define it, they weren't as clearly gray as they again appear on appear on the picture that we're looking at uh yeah i think the apple resource is wool yeah it's wool. well well yeah but nobody calls it that like any Catan player is gonna call them sheep you know yeah but if you just throw a, a you know a pile of wool up there it'll look like the rock which looks like the gold which <laughs> oh, half no, looks like yeah. the wood and it all looks the same. <laughs> a pile of See? bricks just make the bricks white and everything so will, you have to put same. four legs on the on the thing yeah. You just gave me an idea for another dice game that purposely makes everything look the same. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, remember when we? Uh, yeah, off topic. The the mountain of madness and the dice yeah. rolling, and oh, when you get right. to the higher elevation and the die and the colors all change. Yeah, and you stuff. start hallucinating, and the shapes and colors mm-hmm. change a little bit. Oh, I man. love that. I yeah. love that mechanic. Yeah, this wasn't that bad, but yeah, no, it wasn't no. meant to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
yeah, it was cool though. Like players who've played Catan will definitely recognize a lot of what's going on in this game. But I felt like a couple things were missing from the original Catan. Um, like it was great, you know, spending your resources to do the stuff you'd normally do, but it missed out on that aspect of like blocking somebody else's road with your road or mm. trading when you needed something. That really, I, I felt I lost that out a lot. Catan, the actual game, is definitely a multiplayer game. Like you said, the robber is there, there's trading going on here. This is a roll and write, and there's zero interaction among the players, except for competing for the highest score. Right. Correct. It's a race game. Yep. Yeah, you can't really affect anything anyone else does. And also, so one of the uh, other aspects of this game that was interesting to me, and I, I thought maybe it could have been a little different, was the knights and the way they worked. When you when you roll and spend the resources to get a knight, you get them in the order that they're in on the board instead of being able to pick them, which was kind of unfortunate because I felt like the resources that the knight gave you, kind of like a wild card resource that when you need it, were kind of in a, a reverse order of that you need them in the game. Like the first one gives you ore, but you don't really need ore until, you know, you're building either another knight or mm-hmm. you're trying to build uh, the big house. Yeah, but it's an interesting thing to get a knight with. It's a banked resource you can use when you need it. I, I, I did like that mechanic, and I ended up getting um, knight just because I liked that flexibility of having a backup plan. I went to the city, and it paid off. Yeah. That's all. I'm well, you've been rolling hot. I do a hot roll. Hot rolls. I'm all channeling right. Celeste. I need, some, I need lots of ore right Channel now. Channel Celeste. Your inner Celeste. I don't care about Boring. this game. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> oh, roll wow. ever. Bam, 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 bam. Wow. Ooh. Got, bam. See? What do More I need? Celeste. I just need one grain. And right? Which you have. Oh, you didn't take your knight last turn. Yeah, I did you take the knight. Oh, you did I took the knight. knight. I didn't take this road. I took that road instead. Oh, that's why you put yeah, the yeah. X next to it. So you um, do have it. Yeah, I have it now. Well, you know what it does, Mike, in my opinion, is because, like you said, the first time that you get the knight, uh, you you get a ore, basically as a one-time free resource you can utilize at any time. Mm-hmm. You need ore to not only get other knights, but to build cities. The cities, right. It, 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 it compels you to go for the cities, is what it does, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of steers you making that path, which is difficult, just that much more easier. And I think it kind of purposefully puts you in that direction. Right. But I feel like by the time you get that fourth night, which is for wood, I mean, wood is for building roads and for building the smaller houses. And mm-hmm. you're already halfway to three quarters of the way through the game when you get that. And that's kind of a resource you need earlier on rather than later. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think it's also still useful at that phase of the game because that next little settlement could be just one more road away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're all useful at various times during the game. And I'm just saying, if you wanted to, I kind of felt stuck early in the game. And I know you did too, Ed, because you had a couple of really bad rolls where yeah. you needed that resource to build a road, you know, brick and Wood is the early resources that you need to move to the next thing that you want to build. So if you mm-hmm, stuck without mm-hmm. those roads, you can't do any of the other stuff. And that, and you know, you if missing a roll in this game is fatal too. It's brutal. Ooh, <laughs> getting yeah. a zero, scoring because, a zero. Yeah, Ooh. because every every box in the game is represents a turn. So you only have mm-hmm. a set number of turns, and you put whatever you scored that turn into the box. Mm-hmm. And, Fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Right. Fifteen turns. 
Yeah, 15. And then if you have a couple zeros in there, I mean, it's really, really the hard to catch up. so painful. Putting the zero in there, it's like, oh, God, I achieved nothing in that <laughs> turn? Really? Yeah. Nothing? Not right. even a road, which is just one brick, one wood? Anybody could roll yeah. that, right? Yeah, but the problem is if you're trying to build a city, you know, you can't just fall back and use some of the resources from that failed city roll on your mm. road <laughs> because they're completely different from each other. And I think that's the, the trap of this game. And the excitement, too, is that hoping for the epic rolls. Like, okay, I, I got two ore. I got I got a couple wheat. All I need is one more ore. One more ore. One more. <laughs> yeah. What? No, come on. One more time. Mm-hmm. One more time. No. Yeah. And if you have, like, two dice to do it with, you're, you're like, I can get one ore or two gold out of two dice, right? Nope. <laughs> yep. Two gold is wild. So you can trade in two gold for any resource that you need, uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of neat, a different uh, angle. It kind of changed the odds uh, mm-hmm. a bit here it and there. Does. You're trying to play the odd with them, but the, calculating the odds with gold, I find it a little tricky. Because Very tricky. It takes two dice to get that resource, and dice are so precious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it makes it basically so the other, you only have four dice left to roll for the other thing that you need. So, you know, maybe Mike halfway along the way, they should have had a, a seventh die you can unlock at some oh. point. Unlock the seventh die and oh, be able man. to roll that. You know, I would that, go straight that for would that. change things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wish there was a way to trade. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can bank a couple resources that you rolled if you had a zero turn. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you get a token or two for some resources that you saved, and then you can trade them to other players for stuff on. That, that might have been a a good addition to this game actually and made it feel more like the original well i mean in that case you might as well bust out roll for the ages yeah yes mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yep. Yep. which i would i love that game <laughs> that is a good game yeah me too i mean it, I, I did enjoy the game don't get me wrong it's just that um yeah i i like that saving resources for later and like not being able to carry over anything hurts it does does. No bank, can't bank a dang thing in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have two sides of the score pad to use. Yeah, two do. different two different paths. Yeah, and a sweet golf pencil with the word Catan on it. <laughs> I mean, where else are you gonna get that? Not just not just the word Catan, it's the Catan logo. It's that font with the oh, yeah. arc that mm-hmm. connects the A to the yeah. that N. Yep. I mean, all this artwork is going to be familiar to people who have played the game before. Like, just has the color a, scheme, yeah. The hexes, the oh. color scheme, you know. Now, if you play Catan, you will get into the game almost instantly. You'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time to decide: Are we going to dig up or bury Catan dice game? Ed? Catan dice is, well, Catan. <laughs> but only slightly less annoying. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm still hoping for that good roll and ending up with stuff you can't use. <laughs> but it's still more fun than the original Catan for me. Wow. But so for that reason, I think I'll still give it a dig. Yeah. Give it a dig it all. <laughs> it survived. Wow. wow. That's the first time in his life he has ever said Catan and dig it up in the same it's phrase. It's true. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still rather play Roll for the Ages, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Mike? This roll and write version of Catan loses a couple of the more important aspects of the full game, but if you want a portable, easy to learn, and clean up version, this one fits the bill. Dig it up. 
Well, for me, who I don't know that I've actually played Settlers of Catan. Oh, snap. Wait, wait, what? We <laughs> haven't reviewed it. What? We have Where? not reviewed Settlers of Catan. All right, we'll whip it out. So I, so I, I approach this from a unique perspective in this regard. So let me tell you. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a fun roll and write using familiar dice game conventions, and it yielded lots of choices to be made. I thought it was fun, portable, accessible, and could be a good introduction for people into the greater world of Catan, like myself. Roll it up. Do you love Catan, or is that robber always picking on you? <laughs> Let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and the Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show, and we look forward to hearing about all the game exploring that you've done. If you would like more perks and content from our show, including exclusive episodes of our special podcast, Bonus Points! Bonus Points! For only $3 a month, you can go to our website and click on Become a Patron today, because those bonus points are just for you, our patrons, even though we love you all. Well, if you get a chance, leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcatcher. It really, really does help others find the show that you have been enjoying all these years. And don't forget to join our chat on our Discord server, Which Game First? And the patron supporters get access to those exclusive channels in which we hang around. We'll chat with you. We'll talk about things. And you can listen in as we record our bonus points episodes. Happy gaming, explorers! Mm. So, Evan hasn't played Catan yet. I guess we're going to have to play just to teach him. I will never settle! <laughs> <laughs>